welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig, and I'm your host, and I'm once again joined by Laurie, our co-host. Hello, Laurie. Hello, Craig. Nice to be here again. A uh, happy weekend, and a well, don't want to be too too overzealous for yet, but a, a happy payday at Tynecastle. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> the simple things, Laurie. Yeah, that's it. That's what I tweeted earlier. These sort of things make you appreciate the, the small things in life, like wages getting paid on the day they're supposed to. Or, or just the day after. That'll do. That's, that's about right. <laughs> uh, we're once again joined by Chris. Good evening, Chris. Hi, Craig. Hi, Laurie. It's good to be back again. It's getting to be a bit of a regular thing, isn't it? Aye, I think uh, one of the most regular guests, I think, aye. You and, you and Greg. It's always good when you come on. <laughs> this, this is an awkward silence after you said that. I'm only, I'm only joking. So, as usual, thought we'd start with the SPL review, the games at the weekend, and the first game up was St. Johnson against Rangers, which was a Saturday lunchtime kickoff on ESPN, and the game itself finished two-one to Rangers. Thought I'd fire straight into the the predictions because. For once, it doesn't happen very often, but I can feel a little bit smug because I predicted a 2-1 victory to Rangers. Laurie, you went 3-1. Greg went 2-0 to Rangers. And Chris, you went for a draw. So you would have got zero points, Chris, in the predictor. Now I've got three. <laughs> no Unfor- <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I put a bet on and I, I doubled up. I went for Healy for scorer and 2-1. So... Didn't get any money back. I think I also went for Sandaza, any time scorer, which didn't come up either. He doesn't want to score against Rangers. He wants to keep them <laughs> keep on his good side, surely. Yeah, I thought he looked dangerous. He made, an, he made a, a couple of very good runs where he was almost untouchable, but it just didn't work out for him. I thought St. Johnson done well, especially when it was one each. When they equalised, I thought they, they almost immediately went up the pitch and, and could have made it 2-1. And I think yeah, I mean, that was the impression I got. I mean, uh, i never seen the game live, but I've seen the highlights, and it was almost as if it was mainly Rangers. Then St. Johnson got a goal, and all of a sudden St. Johnson were right in Rangers' face and tried to push for the winner. But obviously a bit of poor defending from, I think it was Murray Davidson. I don't know what he was trying to do with that header. I think he was shooting. Uh, <laughs> it was a good header. It, right? it was a good save for Enkelman. He was just a lucky at the bar and fell straight to Jelovic and he managed yeah, to bundle it over. Yeah, he's not going to miss for there, <laughs> even if he does bundle it over. Yeah. I was impressed with Aluko. Very impressed, in fact. I think he got man the match, deservedly so. Also impressed with Davis. He seemed to be uh, a, bit, a bit more urgency in his play, really. He was he was breaking quite quickly. He was, he was really driving the team forward. So I think the two of them, two of them done well for Rangers. Laurie, did you watch it? I didn't. I listened to the start of it before I left to go to to go to Tynecastle, and um, it sounded like St. Johnson started pretty well actually. But then um, Rangers took control. I thought I'd bring up the well. I don't think it's contentious, but um, everyone seems to be moaning about decisions left, right, and centre these days. And the the first goal, they weren't happy that the free kick was taken quickly. But I mean, I know it's a couple of yards away from where it is, but for me. You're allowed to, you know, you see players constantly take free kicks like that and it doesn't lead to a goal and no one moans. I think they're just trying to find <clears throat> a sort of an excuse, whereas really they should have been kept their heads and defended better for the goal. I mean, I don't know what either of your views on are, but I thought there was nothing wrong with taking a free kick. It wasn't like it was 15 yards away from it where it was. No, it seemed fair enough to me. It definitely wasn't in the same spot where the foul occurred. But, but yeah, so what? It happens all over the pitch, and I was specifically watching it in the second half. The amount of free kicks that were taken exactly on the spot, and it's very few and far between. And it's normally only when the when it's a, a direct free kick within shooting distance, uh, any offsides and so on. That the, the ball's just placed really in in an area, and there's no complaints. It's different then. I mean, obviously, I, I've seen who was it who done it recently, really slyly. I can't even remember if it was an English or Scottish game where they, the they positioned the wall, the keeper positioned the wall, and the player then um, it was against it was against Fulham. It was whoever Fulham got put out with in Europa League, 
And the, so the keeper positioned the wall, he got, went over to the other side, got ready to to obviously face the free kick. And the defender then, the player taking a free kick, quickly rolled it a couple of yards to the side and then quickly took right. it and just placed it around the wall because obviously the keeper had placed the wall where the ball had been, which was obviously that I could understand. But when it's in the middle of the park, I don't think it's it's a huge difference. And like you say, I think you see it happen all over the park. I mean, throw-ins, another one. Ball goes out for a throw-in, defender picks up, jogs three, four yards ahead, goes to take the throw-in, stops, points to someone to move a bit, runs up, yeah. and he ends up about 10, 15 yards up the line from where the, the original I think that's was. allowed. As long as, you, as long as you shuffle when you're doing it, I think it's allowed. <laughs> I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head, Laurie. It was just the... The fact, uh, when I first heard about it, I thought it was somewhere near the box, and then I seen the, the highlights and the TV, and it was just, it was, like, the ball, the free kick was possibly just outside the centre circle, and the free kick was taken just inside the centre circle, so I don't see what all the complaints are about, because it was at least five, ten seconds between the free kick, the quick free kick being taken, and then the goal uh, being put in the net. It seemed to me that St Johnson were just grasping at uh, straws because there was another weak complaint that maybe Healy was offside. And Healy probably was offside, but it wasn't interfering. Nah, not at all, yeah. Definitely not interfering. So the next game up is Aberdeen against Kilmarnock, which finished 0-0. Disappointingly so, because I'd had a bet <laughs> on for uh, goals galore, I think it is, in Ladbrokes. And I went for every SPL game for each team to score, apart from the early kickoff, and this game done me, well, as well as Motherwell, but this was one of the games that done me. So prediction-wise, I went oh, don't, for... Don't do any predictions, this is my worst <laughs> prediction of the season. <laughs> well, I, I went 2-1, two, two which is it's okay can, compared to Chris's. <laughs> Laurie, you went 2-0 to Aberdeen, overconfident. Greg... You went for a 1-1 draw, so he would have got one point in the predictor. Chris, you went for a five-goal thriller. 3-2 <laughs> to Aberdeen. What was I thinking? Didn't see that. Don't worry, Chris. I mean, you probably didn't listen to it at this stage, but I don't know if you did or not, but earlier in the season in the first Old Firm, I think I recall predicting that Celtic would win 3-0. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know if you're... That's pretty bad, yeah. I don't know if you're quite up there on the worst prediction stakes yet. To be fair, we did score twice, so they weren't far off with that, but... Yeah, I just conceded a few too many. Yeah, it's... Yeah, just, just, just a four. <laughs> sounded like a, a diag... I never thought there'd be many goals in this, to be honest, but I thought Aberdeen with their recent, um, well, slight resurgence that they'd, they'd come out on top at home because Kelly just don't travel very well at all. But it sounded like... I mean, the highlights, it looked like Kelly was the only one who team who really made any clear-cut chances, but even then, it was kind of... Yeah, clutching his straws for anything, anything of note. If the highlights were to go by, then I mean, if that were the highlights, then God, I'm glad I didn't see the whole game. Put it that way. Yeah. I went to one of those games and were lucky to get five minutes worth of it. Aye. Well, it's like it's the opposite. It's like the Hearts one. It's like highlight. Every highlight was a goal. The Aberdeen game there was highlights of almost like I don't know. I can't even remember what. There was a wee fumble. Aye. But um. So the next game up. Is I oh Lord, I think we'll move on from that one because uh, rubbish. Aye, it's rubbish. <laughs> well, I was I was going to say Shelty Dawn, one of the new members in the forum, just posted. Uh, wasn't that the biggest pile of crap a fan ever had to endure? Thank God I wasn't well enough to travel down for it. We will make up for it next week, though. Big time. Never lose the faith. So there you go. <laughs> that's 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 optimism for you. <laughs> Especially very poor game at home against Come on, look, you know what we'll do? We'll go to Ibrox and win. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll have a start for us later on, Chris. Oh yeah, well, start <laughs> that we all, that most people know when it comes to Ibrox for for Aberdeen, though, isn't it? The old two decades. Yeah. <laughs> so next game up is Celtic against Dundee United, which Celtic won two one, and well, one of the standout goals for me anyway was Rankin, was uh, ha, ah, right. I'm not going to call it a squiggler. Right, no, because it's, it's, it's a cliche, so I'm not yeah. going to do it. But it was it was a good shot, swerving beautifully into the corner. Yeah, for me, a squiggler changes direction more than once. Rankin shot in this instance, it swerved away from the keeper and went in off the post. He couldn't have it any better. I, oh, I, I hate, I hate that, that that term popped into my head when I said his name. It's because it's, it's just because it's him. <laughs> squiggler sounds a bit rubbish as well, like it kind of bobbled up in front of the keeper or something I think I'd be doing him a, a disservice because I thought it was a it was a cracking strike you know you're not going to get any keepers going to be was. keeping that one out 
yeah. I don't. I'm not Rankin's biggest fan, to be honest. I don't think he's got much to his game. But one thing he does have is a an absolute belter of a left foot. I mean, you know, certainly not the best left foot in the league. <clears throat> I think we know who's got that, but. <laughs> He's up, he's up there. It's oh, like, okay, man. Oh, come on. <laughs> Give me a, you come back to when he scores a hat-trick from outside the box. Uh, worries in love, Chris. <laughs> Just need to let him enjoy it. <laughs> I so Chris kind of struggled at the end. Again. Uh, well, not really. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think Foster was all that troubled throughout the game. The ranking shot aside, I think he had one save. It was very much a game of Celtic more or less dominated the first half. We're 2-0 up and comfortable. Maybe should have got a few more. Then they conceded the goal and it was almost as if the stadium, both on the park and off the park, got nervous. Yeah. But even then, like, if you look back at it, United never really troubled the keeper. No, but the, the daily chance. Yeah, that, I, think that's, that? I think that's the one save that I can remember right. uh, Foster making. It's not an almighty case of deja vu again. How many times does Celtic keep doing that? 2-0 up. Cruising, and then it just seems to you've, you've done it against Dunfermline. Did you do it against Kilmarnock as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was another one where we were doing a lot, and it was a, a long range effort Aye. for uh, Ratchie outside the box. But I mean, I had a look at the stats in this, and of the 11 wins, seven of them have been by a single goal, and three of them have been from 2 0 up and then 1 and 2 1 in the end. I mean, it's, that's, so, it's good. I mean, I know people maybe criticise that, you know, in a way that you couldn't maybe be more comfortable, but I suppose. You're, you're getting the win there. Even when they've pulled a goal back, yeah. you're seeing out the game, which is, I suppose is the main thing. And They seem to be playing well. I thought Izaguirre, from, obviously I didn't see the whole game, but his kind of delivery from the left looked to be kind of giving you a different, well, another kind of dimension out there. Probably good to have him back. I know, you, I think you've, who have you been playing left back most of the time with him out? Matthews. Matthews. So you've, so you've not got the kind of natural left footer then to get those sort of quality deliveries in. And, Wanyama just seems to be kind of coming on leaps and bounds in the past couple of months. He's kind of seems. Yeah, to... I mean, his header right in the top corner. So it's unusual actually because uh, I'm not usually a fan of the short uh, corner kick, but in this case, it paid dividends. Do you not remember when you used to? It was like the trademark your short corner with Moravchik. It would be you take it and then someone would stop it. And he'd, he'd kind of whip it in, but you'd just get a better angle at it because you'd take it short. I can't remember who used to do it with him. I'm talking, yeah, well, I'm that's... talking obviously like over a decade ago now, and but I just remember you yeah. used to always do it. It was Moravjic to someone kind of touch it or stop it from him, and he'd then whip it in and get a better angle to kind of dip it right into the box. Maybe even score. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think it was, I think it was St. John's they scored against Woods for that angle. He was a cracking player. He was fantastic. Boy. Yeah, it was a brilliant story for, for him as well in, in Scottish football. Uh, when he was signed, it was a case of who? Who have we signed here? Who's this Olgin? Hugh Keevans was slagging him off, and then uh, pretty much his debut was uh, against Rangers. 5 1, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember that. He also, I remember we signed Robert Tomashek. We, we spent almost a million pounds on him as well, but he'd um, he'd been a ball boy when Moravchik had played back in Slovakia for his games. So Moravchik had told him to, to come to Hearts and come to Scotland, but I'm pretty sure one of his first games was a 3 2 win at Parkhead, so. Maybe he would have regret telling Tomo to come, but it's funny when you see that. It's funny when you, you know players always seem to call up one of their mates who plays for another team in Scotland all the time. It doesn't seem to happen yeah. in England so yeah. much. It's because you're like, "Aye, this team Hearts or something." <laughs> you know anything about them? <laughs> Should I go there? But the weird one for me was when John Sutton went to Hearts and he was like, "Chris told me about it's a great atmosphere at Tynecastle and stuff." I was like. John, you've been playing in Scotland for like the past five years or something. Surely you know. You must know something about Hearts. I'm pretty sure you've scored at Tynecastle a few times. It's just weird that he said that his brother was telling him about Hearts and Tynecastle. So, so predictions-wise, none of us were any good, to be honest. I went 3-2 to Celtic, so I got one point. Laurie, 3-0 Celtic. Greg, 3-0. Chris, arguably the closest way, 2-0 to Celtic. Yeah, John Rankin robbed me. <laughs> so the the next game up was the the Paul Band, Dunfermline against Hibs, and I, I followed Paul's lead and went for a a nil nil as well. But unfortunately, the game was a was a five goal thriller, three, <laughs> three two to Hibs. Laurie, your prediction was three one to Hibs. Again, yeah, you're 
siding with Hibs. Greg went three one as well. Chris, you went two two. Yeah. So it looked at, it looked at a good game. Aye. I've had some decent goals. Some terrible defending, but some decent goals. <laughs> we did say, we did say, Craig, at the time, it's not a good choice for it because those two defend. I, I just could never see clean sheets from one of them, let alone both of them, to be honest. So I, I, I thought it was a, it was a strange, a strange selection. But yeah, I mean, a massive win for Hibs. I, I obviously got the highlights. Um, looked like a fantastic support. It's, it's always interesting when you get these kind of ties that, when you're mid table. It's kind of the crowds are down. When you're up the top, you kind of get a decent crowd. And almost when you suddenly get one of these battles at the bottom, the the fans kind of rally. It looked like a really good hip support through there. But yeah, poor, poor defending from both teams. Um, I'm trying to remember more of the highlights. They, unfortunately for Dunfermline, they did sign a keeper, as we said they should last week. But... Uh, you've, I you've, yeah, but he pretty much threw the one on the I net. know, that's what I was going to say. He did... He did. Uh, <laughs> he did kind of maybe not quite as bad as some of Chris Smith's mistakes, but it's definitely a shot he should be saving. But Griffiths and O'Connor um, partnership seems to be developing quite well there, which is vital, I think, when you're struggling that someone you got someone to put the ball in the net. So, what do you think about the Hibs first goal with Osborne, uh, who's in an offside position, but but quite clearly not wanting to touch the ball, but uh, and walking to an onside position. But what do you think of him? Was he interfering with play? No, I think that's a good decision. Actually, he quite clearly was having no interest in playing the ball. So I think in that case, it's definitely a, a good decision and a good part of the linesman. Up. I think it's difficult because yeah, he, he the way he was walking, he, he had no interest at all in getting the ball. But surely, as a defender, as a goalkeeper, you're going to be thinking it's it's just in the side of your mind. You're just thinking, is he going to get the ball? You've got to really watch him. But I guess that's the the new rules with offside. It's always debatable, I think, when you're you're trying to look at who's interfering, especially in that situation. I think if you're going to be a goalkeeper or a defender, you need to just play the whistle. <laughs> I know it's a cliche, but you need to keep playing until you hear that whistle go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whether you think the guy's on the offside position or not, you've just got to go on with it. I've got boil. So, you... so I was going to say I've got boil eighteen seventy five on the forum just said we played okay yeah. but just lucky that pars were so bad a couple of decent chances for both teams but we were just more clinical and then he brings up um an incident i was going to mention there o'connor booked for diving again i personally thought it was a pen and think all the rest have tarred him with the same brush but we'll need to wait and see the replays uh, he did stick with that after seeing the replays because we had a, a discussion about it um later that evening <laughs> what was what was o'connor doing with his arms well That's... <laughs> see for me <sighs> For me, I, I would say it's a dive. I think the ref got it right. But I said, mm-hmm. I think he's possibly about to get fouled. But O'Connor sees the leg there. And before he tries to run over it or run past it and maybe get clipped, he throws himself over it. So for me, that's a dive. I, I get the, the point of view that the leg is out there. But if you throw mm-hmm. yourself down before you've even, you know, it's not, I don't think it's, it's it's not blatantly blocking him, but he could. I think he could step over it. But what he does, as soon as the leg comes out, O'Connor sees it and then throws himself down. I mean, let's put it this way: the Dunfermline player's leg hasn't caused O'Connor to fall down. Not in a million years. O'Connor has called as a cause. Yeah. It's caused himself to fall down. He's thrown himself down. So I, I can see one argument that it looks like he's about to get fouled, but I don't know. For me, that's still a dive, and if anything. The way he's gone down, and maybe the maybe the refs knows that he's done it before, but he, he's flung himself down like I don't know. I, it just looked like a right neap when he did it. I thought, and it made it made the referee's decision quite obvious. I thought because he was quite he was about fifteen yards some from the play. Boyle said as well, and if anything, that would have made his mind up. He's got to make a split second decision, and when you see it, especially initially, it just looks like a dive for me. Oh yes, yeah, so when you see the arms going out, that's uh, that's the kind of dive that you, you laugh about in the the playground. It's it's just stereotypical of a, an embarrassing dive. The arms flailing. That's just not what happens if you are tripped up. Mm-hmm. But do you not think there's a case to say that the player knows he's not going to get the free kick or the penalty unless he goes down? Oh, I think definitely. I think that. The referees rarely give a penalty for for a, a, a little stumble. 
if you like, it's almost as if you're penalised for trying to stay on your feet. So yeah. I can understand why players uh, make a meal of a fill, uh, go go down easily if you like, but I think they, they do need to be filled, first of all. But do you know what it, it reminds me? It's almost, for me, it's like when the keeper slides out and a, and a player... It looks like he could put hurdle him, but what he does is he makes sure he he dangles his leg and he drags it, so he makes sure that yeah. the, the keeper and often the keeper then does cause him to continue over and fall to the ground. But the ref, the, the players, ensured that he has caught the keeper almost as much as the keeper's catching him. So he's made sure that they collide almost, and it's almost like that where yeah, the defender's legs out there, but. It's hard to look at. I mean, the, the, one of the stills made it look even worse. It made it look the defenders kind of brought his leg down, and you can see as O'Connor throws himself to the ground, the leg isn't really in a position to bring him down. He does put his leg out and bring it back down. It's potential to trip him, but I just think you, he's just he's making it too easy to give it as a dive, if anything. And I know what you're saying that fouls often don't get given. I, I think there should be situations where a player doesn't go down and it's a foul. And equally, I think sometimes a player goes down and it's not a foul and it's not a dive. Uh, it it can be hard though, but I think on this occasion, I just think O'Connor's made it easy. That's my, my, my underlying thought on it, is O'Connor has made it easy for the ref to give it as a dive. He's made it very easy for him by going down in that way. He's still learning to dive better, I think. What we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> my first tip is don't, don't put the arms out like that. Yeah. <laughs> If you're going to do it, land on your face. <laughs> Be a man. <laughs> but that's it. If well, We've all played football. If you're running and, and you are tripped, you are filled, you go flying. You, you don't have the, the chance to, to think about it, to put your arms out in that fashion. You do just go tumbling and there's times you, you are face first into the dirt. Yep. So moving on to the, the next game, which is Motherwell against Inverness, which finished 1-0 to Inverness. I mentioned earlier I went for the goals galore bet and Motherwell were another one that, that done me for that. Prediction-wise, I went 2-1 to Motherwell. Laurie, you went one each. Greg, he wasn't too confident in Motherwell's home form. He went 2-2. Chris, you went for one each as well. So I think I was the only one back in Motherwell, so I suppose I, I was the worst in, out of those four predictions. Yep. So I thought Taddy's goal was decent. Azul yeah, in the top corner. Decent. I thought it was an absolute absolute peach. The, the way he set himself up and the way he finished it, yeah. I thought it was a, an absolute cracking uh, finish. And I have to mention as well, um, the average age of the Inverness team they mentioned was 22, which is which is very impressive. And, yeah, uh, yeah a big... as good as Celtic. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. That's actually, that's actually the same average age uh, of a Celtic team that beat Rangers just a few weeks ago. So, I mean, that's good. it's encouraging to see that kind of youth coming through in the, the Scottish game. It is, it is indeed. Not just for Celtic, but also with Inverness. I imagine Motherwell's average age would have been pretty low as well, to be honest. They've got a lot of young players as well. But, yeah, the whole poor home run continues. It's, Stephen Gregan as well. It brings it all down. <laughs> it's probably about an average age of eight. got a couple. <laughs> 18 and then Stephen Cregan comes in and just spoil the whole thing. I largely as well. I like the grey-haired ones. But, um, There's a lot of grey hair in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, poor home run. Cont- was it still since September? They've not won a home league game. So didn't expect Motherwell to win. I, I, th- I thought it'd be a stalemate, obviously, with going for a draw. But not surprising when I sneaked it. And they seem to be on a bit of a spiral at the moment, Motherwell. I think they need to maybe get another home win, just maybe scrape one just to get the confidence back at Fir Park, because they do have two games in hand. I mean, obviously they slipped down to fourth, but they do have two games in hand over Hearts. But I think they are both at Fir Park. Um, Greg mentioned on the forum, and I'll just, since he's not here, I'll say he uh, he summed up the game. Poor stuff from well today. We can't cope with teams who work harder than we do than we do and close down quickly. We look a shadow of the side we were in September and October. Thank goodness we're away from home next week. Uh, credit to Inverness. They deserve the points today. So moving on to the the final game of the weekend, which was Hearts against St Mirren. A seven-goal thriller, which finished 5-2 to Hearts. 
I went for a 2-0 victory to Hearts. Laurie, you went 3-0. Craig went 2-0 to St Mirren. I think he was just saying that <laughs> to get to you, Laurie. Chris, you went 2-0 to Hearts as well. I don't think anyone suspected that it was going to finish 5-2, especially after Zalukas got sent off. Very surprised at the scoreline. Always had confidence. Lo- <laughs> Aye, Laurie, I'm sure you're going to, you're going to want to big up your, your new boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I wrote a little a, a little article for Rudy Scatchel earlier. I had a little smile when I got a reply on Twitter from him saying thank you. So that 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 was nice. That made my day. That made loving kisses. <laughs> there wasn't any kisses. That disappointed me a bit. Not even <laughs> not even a smiley face. God, offset to right. Obviously, it wasn't quite worthy of a smiley face from him. But no, it was an absolute cracking game, and I ended up going to the football myself, which I've not done for quite a while, but. No one was up for it, and they had a good offer. It was a £9 tickets for for students, which I still get for another five months, so I've got to make the most of it. And um, and I did say I did say on the forum, it was absolutely Baltic, so I was just hoping there'd be enough to keep me standing up and clapping and singing. And there certainly was. I didn't take that. I didn't take my seat the entire game. And it was just, yeah, it was a bizarre game. And we, out the traps, right up the field, Scored a goal in the first minute. We were controlling the game. We were looking dangerous, thinking, right, great, this is going to be a comfortable victory. And then suddenly, sit in and get a penalty. We're down to 10 men. And then they grab a second. And I'm thinking, it's game over. No, we're, God, we could get beaten comfortably here. And then ne- next thing, you know, Rudy Scatchel puts in a 30 yard in the top corner. And you're thinking, well, you know, maybe we could get a draw out of this. And th- in the second half was just, it was, I thought it was. I have to give a lot of credit not only to Scatchel but to Paolo Sergio because I thought tactically he was brilliant in the second half. And I don't know what the stats were, but St Mirren must have had at least 60% of possession. And I expected it because, you know, when we're down to 10 men, they do like to keep the ball. But what we did was um, we kind of became a really tight unit and we just let them have the ball and they passed it around in their own half and in the halfway line, but they never really penetrated much at all. You didn't really get an idea of that in the highlights, but they did have loads of the ball at the start of the second half until we scored. And then Scatchel, as he can do, I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a better, um, someone with a better shot than Rudy Scatchel at Hearts and my time supporting them. He just, you can just pick it out from anywhere right in the corner. It's, it's, it's not just a case of him absolutely belting it either. He seems to be able to really be able to pick out the bottom corner, the top corner and, two fantastic strikes to add to the first one which was the best of the lot and and then the Sutton one at the end just to kind of I thought it was maybe a bit of a harsh pass back it seemed a bit of a weird decision but I don't think it mattered in anyway so fantastic result all round and yeah Rudy Scatchel what can you say what a man you see I posted his, his I mean I know Greg I know um sorry I know Chris likes his stats and 39 goals and 77 starts but you know it's Better. If you were a striker, you'd be proud of that record. That's exa- yeah. that's, that, that was my words exactly in the article. I mean, that is, I, I can't remember the last time we've had a striker who got anywhere near that. And that's from midfield and often from the left of midfield. It's, I think it's a phenomenal record. And I just hope we can keep him around because the scenes were amazing when he scored because you've probably noticed that we do, that we are not worthy bowing down to him. And you saw the whole of the stands all bowing down, up and down. <laughs> and, uh, and Rudy doing it back to them. And it's just... He genuinely loves playing for Hearts, and I think they asked him about wages, as the media like to do, and he said, money, money, money. You just want to talk about money. I, I don't care about the money. I want to play for Hearts. And he said he'll take a pay cut, and I think the fact that, you know, he... Well, his agent is going to be raging about that. He's not got an agent. He's not got an agent. <laughs> is he not? He's not got an agent just now, no. That's Maybe that's why he's wanting to be so loyal. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that in two weeks, he can go for free, and there's lots of clubs interested, but he's desperate to stay at a club with the problems that we've got I think that sums up the feeling there and I think he knows this time around that it's not going to I don't think he's ever going to have the same sort of thing that he's got with another club that he has at heart it's just one of those things it's the kind of Henrik Larsson at Celtic or the McCoyst at Rangers it's it's just it works Scatch on hearts it makes sense and you can see I think he's he's pretty comfortable money wise he's made a lot of money at some of the clubs he's played at he loves living in Edinburgh so if we can come to a deal it, it would be brilliant if not, then, you know, wish him all the best. As long as he doesn't go to Rangers or Celtic. Laura, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you touched upon the, the pass-back. 
earlier. And it's, it's not often that you see a, a pass back given, no. a, a free kick given for it. It's, it's often the, the referee errs on the side of caution and just thinks, oh, it was a, a deflection back to the, the keeper. It wasn't meant. But but yeah, I, I thought it looked like a pass back. But, yeah, I thought it looked pretty obvious to me as well. Yeah, it wasn't but, really... He knew exactly what he was doing with Yeah, but they're not given, which makes me think it not, normally it wouldn't be given, if, if you get where I'm coming from. Yeah. But I thought that the, the tactic for the actual free kick was superb. Ian Black, get, get the drawn. players to rush. Get, aye, get the players to rush, and then then uh, as, they're, as they're going back to the line... Black was, aye, Black was superb again. I'd, I'd say he's been our best player in this run. He's been absolutely fantastic. And again, he was just... I said to Chris because I don't agree with the booking, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that again because we had the debate on Twitter. But there was a point where the Semirin player, the ball was a bit loose, he taken a touch, and it was about a yard in front of him, and I saw Black rushing over, and he kind of that moment, we're almost squinting, you know, you're thinking, nope, here it comes, yeah. but he didn't. He stayed on his feet. He he waited for the guy to try and take it around. He nicked the ball off him and broke and broke free, and he's just been breaking up the play closing down constantly and his distribution his passing has been fantastic and he's had a fair few assists as well and his his corners his corners are actually extremely effective as well he has an odd way of taking them but they're extremely effective and I thought it was just a, a great all-round performance and people will point to the fact that St Mirren had loads of possession we pretty much scored with I think every shot on target that we got but to play with 78 minutes with 10 men and to score 4 goals you know down to 10 men got three quarters of the game to run and you're 2-1 down. I think most situations is you don't expect you're going to win by three goals. It's very yeah. rarely you see that. So yeah. I, I thought it was just a good performance and I think St Mirren, on their point of view, I think, I think they really need to sort things out defensively because although they had a lot of the ball and they knocked it about, they just looked like too vulnerable when we did attack. And I think that's maybe one issue. And maybe as well, they seem to have a bit of the case of what we did earlier on under Sergio, where lots of possession and knocking about with very little penetration. They didn't seem to have much ideas when, when we sort of sat in and just defended as a unit. They they had very little in the way of sort of invention. So not a great result f- um, from their point of view, but obviously I'm chuffed. And it... No, I agree. I think the... The, the St Murray defending was pretty bad and I'm hoping they're kind of defending that badly next week myself but uh, I think all credit's got to go to Paolo Sergio uh, that was to spend to spend that amount of time in a game with 10 men and to score that many goals it doesn't matter how bad the defending is you've managed to to get the players to perform at a, a, a pretty high level I think and it was obviously you know he was in sports scene last night and uh, I thought he spoke really well Oh, he was good banter last. Yeah, yeah he was really good. Yeah, I thought he made a change. Yeah, I thought he was very honest. <laughs> I thought he made a change from the the usual guests, even Andy Webster. You know, do I do like him, but again, he was sort of the 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 statue that they usually get, who kind of just agrees and says the the normal comment. I did think the the show. I, I thought they might have to cut a couple of games out though, because he was <laughs> he was he was fairly going on, and I think Chris mentioned as well last night that he didn't. You know. He almost got paid. They, they wanted them to say something about refs and and Hibs. He wanted them. He was, yeah. but no matter what came up, no, nope, all respect to the refs. He wasn't biting. Hibs. <laughs> no, he was. He was. Right. He would just. He would totally dismiss the comments. Like there was one. Uh, he was saying, "So, so you've been here for five months. Does it feel like five years?" And then he's just like, "No, no, <laughs> not at all." <laughs> and uh, oh, he was good. He was good banter. I liked how I liked his banter about was it rivality? Yeah, he kept mentioning. <laughs> I, we'll we'll let him away with that though. Aye, I mean, I, I thought considering he's he's Portuguese and this is his first job in the UK, I think we've got to. But um, but yeah, I thought I mean you, you got the point he was making that it's good because it, I think uh, yeah. um, Rob McLean tried to say well you're enemies and he was like no we're, they're yeah. not enemies you know. We respect him, so it's just the good rivalry. And obviously, rivalry is the word that he's after. But yeah, I yeah. thought. And like I said it was just a just a sport yeah. at the end of the day, which I think a lot of people need to need to remember that. Yeah, you, you are allowed uh, that rivalry, but it's it's definitely not enemies. 
That's for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, he's grown up. There was two things I really liked about what he was saying when he was on. I think the first one was his, his discussion about Ian Black. Actually, the I mean, he was taking full credit for coaching the sort of the hard man act almost out of Ian Black. He's like obviously what he's touched on it already that he does seem to have calmed down a lot, and it's it's actually to, to Ian Black's benefit. He seems to be at the heart of all the everything that's good for Hearts at the moment. And if he keeps this up, I would I, I would hope Craig Levine's going to take notice and maybe give him a call up to the Scotland squad. I, I, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't disagree. I think, see, I, I know it sounds wrong, but I, I quite like part of that side of Ian Black because I don't, I wouldn't want him to stop putting in ta- tackles in, and he still has been. I think he's just been realizing there's occasions where you don't need to slide tackle. Like yeah. I, I mentioned, yeah, it's the kind of thing you don't want to coach out of a player entirely. You just need to teach him how to use it properly rather than just going about kicking people. Well, did you notice he had three assists on the Saturday? First one, his corner for the yeah. goal. He laid off the last for Sutton and he battled really well and won the ball off a St. Mirren player, then held him off and gave it to Scatcho, which is what you want from that midfielder, you know, to, to win the ball. And I think, I understand why people dislike him because he has been the type of player who go in hard and other fans won't like him. But I think what people, for to just brand him a thug and have no ability is completely wrong because I, th- I think technically he's one of the better midfielders in our league. And outside the old firm, I don't know. I mean, in terms of a, an all-round sort of midfielder, because his goal against Motherwell, you know, when he kind of flicked it off his heel, took it around a player and on his weaker foot and drilled it in from 22 yards. I mean, you've got to have some ability to be able to do something like that. And he does have a lot of ability. And hopefully, like you say, at least to be considered. I mean, they call up some some amount of garbage that surely he's got to at least be in the reckoning. And he's, uh, I mean, yeah, I think they're maybe a bit, a bit strong in the the central midfield department for the national team. One of one of the stronger areas, but maybe we often tend to. I know we're like a sitting midfielder, and we often tend. To, I know we've handed it to kind of defenders a lot of the time, and we've got a bit more options. You never know. Craig Levine might play four six zero again, and then you get six midfielders. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> aye. So Laurie, we we touched on it a, a bit earlier, but you you'd be pleased today that. Hearts finally paid their wages. Well, I say finally, but they were due today. Finally. But they didn't pay them until, was it three, four, five o'clock? Well, I mean, I may be jumping the gun in my... Because apparently, well, Romanov says they're they're being processed. So the majority will go through today and a few will go through in the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, The SPL's deadline was midnight tonight. To be honest, I mean... I don't see the point in if they go in the next two days to take any action on that, if that is the case. You know, I, I don't think they will either. Um, oh, I just got an email. Do you know what the email I just got? Sorry. Do you know what the email I just got was? What? Rudy Scatchel is now following you on Twitter. <laughs> he only follows 20 people. I'm quite pleased with that. <laughs> Sorry, just to interrupt my flow completely there. Swoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm all flushed. <laughs> I get to send him a direct message now. Yeah, let's see how oh, long. Let's see how long it takes him. him to, please. Let's see how long it takes him to unfollow me. Anyway. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's good they've went in. Um, Chris alluded to it on the forum that he kind of it sounded like Vlad was almost. Have it, having a bit of banter, he was almost like he's almost like he likes the kind of dramatic conclusion that it, it, they paid them in what about just before five o'clock, the last possible second that they could do it to avoid any sanctions. And it's like they mentioned on Sports Sound as well. Well, if if they had the money there, then why did they not just process it on Friday so it was guaranteed to go in? Yeah. <laughs> and I think the thing is, it's a delay. If it's delay for a day or two, then. Whilst that's still not good, my understanding is that since ever since we've been ran this way, that the wages have very rarely went in on the day they're meant to. Obviously, when it gets to two weeks and a month, and that's that that's ridiculous. They were rightly the SPL rightly had to do something about that. But yeah, if it's the next day or two they go in, then I can't see I can't see it being an issue. I'm just glad this one's hopefully out the way, and maybe we can look at selling a couple of players on so that because I didn't think I thought one of the main reasons we've maybe not had any concrete offers from anyone for players is because they were waiting for this payday to see if maybe 
any action was taken which would allow them to acquire players for either cut price or nothing. So hopefully, it, it's, it feels weird to be saying I hope we can sell some players, but I think we need to. I think we know that if we don't sell players, if we keep the same squad, then this issue is probably going to come up at least another couple of times before the end of the season. So who's your who's your sellable asset then, Laura? Who who do you think is going to be sold first? Number one on my list is David Templeton, and I hear lots of people tell me, "Oh, we should really keep Templeton." But to be honest, when it gets to the summer, he's in his last year. I, you know, between now and the summer, I think value will go down on him. So to me, yeah. to me, he's one of the sellable ones because partly because his position and he's young and he's a winger and he's an exciting player. He'll, I think with likes of Cardiff interested, I mean maybe. This is looking too much. I still think a million pound wouldn't be unreasonable for the potential that he's got. Um, other than him, I mean, you've got the likes of Kello, but he's in his last six months, so it depends. I, I've you're not, not heard get it. much from him. Yeah. You're not going to get much from him, and would you be better just look, keeping him to the summer than letting him go then, and you get a solid keeper to the end of the season? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. John Sutton, I mean... The whole loan thing really confused me. You know, that Dunfermline and St Mirren and Hibs even try to loan him. I mean, fair enough, if if he's on a big wage, we need to get rid of him. But these teams aren't even going to pay half his wage. So why would we loan him to a team in our league? We're still going to be stuck with him when he comes back for another two years. And we'll still be paying majority of his wages. That, that made no sense to me. If you're going to get rid of him, then either loan him somewhere where they, they're going to pay the full wages... Or sell them. Um, yeah, I suppose it is better than nothing, isn't it? Especially if it, if they see it as a, a short term uh, issue with the, well, the cash. That I know anything's better. Yeah, I suppose anything, but he's surely going to attract more interest than just St Mirren and Firm. With all due respect to those teams, and then the other one's weird is Ryan Stevenson. Air United coming in for Ryan Stevenson. I mean, I get it from an Air United point of view that they've got a bit of money because of their injection, the cash injection, but. From Ryan Stevenson's point of view, you know, late twenties now, he's got championship interest. You'd you'd expect him if he is going to leave Hearts, which looks likely, you'd at least make a sideways move. But why drop? Yeah, you wouldn't think that Air could afford them, to be honest. Well, I mean, they might be. I mean, I don't think he's on a huge wage at Hearts because we bought him from Air United. But I would just think, from a career point of view, this is probably his last chance to maybe get a big move. And I think he could easily get. A, he could cut it in the championship. You know. I wouldn't be surprised if the likes of Rangers would have been interested. He looked like the type of player who would suit Rangers down to the ground. I just think going down to the first division, and no less stuff, I, I don't want to disrespect Air United, but a team that might well go down to the second division next season. It just seemed like a, a, a move that wouldn't make sense for Ryan Stevenson. So I don't know. I don't think we have a whole lot of really sellable assets, unfortunately. I don't think there's lots of players which would dictate big moves because... A lot of them are... What about Driver? Think... Uh, obviously, he was, he was linked with big money moves. Well, we, but we, but recently, he's been out of favour. and then I think yeah. what we can take from Driver is to learn the lesson for Templeton in the way that we yeah. rejected 2.5 million up front for Driver, rising to 3.5. And, and look at it now. <laughs> I'd be surprised if he got 500 grand from because of his injury record. Not because of his quality. I think he's a good player, but you're... you're you're taking a risk signing him because he's just been out for so long and I think we should just look at that and think that in six months Templeton's value is going to be down we're probably not going to be able to offer him a new contract so I would say top of the list I mean if you get a million pound for Templeton as well his wage is off the wage and then that's potentially a couple of months of wages sorted because I think when we get to the summer I think it's getting to the summer is the main thing because loads of our players are out of contract then and I think that suddenly you've got a much smaller squad. Is Kevin is Kevin Kyle out in, out of yeah. contract in the summer? He is, yeah. So I know he was he was talking about his uh, having an operation on his hip, yeah. and he's he's going to be looking for a a new deal at Hearts, and is is willing to accept a reduced deal, which I think's maybe only fair because Hearts have supported him. Well, January we've, last year, we've had no choice. He's been, he's been contracted to us, but. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, I like the lad, but I think he's finished at us. I have a bad feeling that he's finished full stop, at that level anyway. 
he just yeah I was reading earlier today that this operation's a career saving operation if he can get away with it so I think even if he does manage to pull through I think he's going to be he's going to be looking at a step down further in the leagues I think he doesn't I don't think he'll fit into the uh, it worked under Jeffries it uh, was a Jeffries type player but I don't think I don't think Sergio will will favour him to be honest even if he comes back fully fit which I don't think will happen it's a shame because he he does he does he does like Hearts. I think he's another one who genuinely was a Heart supporter. As I'm trying to think about the amount of players who say they are, but <laughs> I just he did a decent job for us. Unfortunately, it's just one of these things. The injuries are gonna. I think he'll either retire the game full stop, or he'll maybe get a game in the lower leagues, maybe first second division or something. It maybe a lower SPL team. I don't know, but. To be honest, I think in the summer, I, I mean, look at the, the situation Hearts are in. We're talking, we, some of our better players, we're talking about letting go. I, I can't see us offering a new contract to, to Kevin Kyle, not at all. So I thought we'd we'd move on and mention the the Scottish Cup replays that are taking place this week and tomorrow evening. We've got a couple of games. So we'll do some predictions for the, these. Hamilton against St Mirren is a, the first game up. Laurie, what are you thinking for prediction? Um, I don't care. Um, <laughs> you t- you, you t- sorry, no, you, you took me by surprise. Didn't you were going to actually ask for predictions for the Scottish Cup replays? Uh, well, even even just who's going to win, who's going to go through? Uh, I actually, fancy Hamilton. I think they'll maybe be up for it more. I I actually fancied them um, to cause an upset in the first game which they didn't in the end. I fancy Hamilton to maybe sneak through on penalties. There you go. From from not from not wanting yeah, to make I, one to go very specific. <laughs> I can agree. I think this one's going to go all the way. It could be a penalty sort of scenario. That could be anybody that goes through. To be honest, I don't think it matters because I think Ross County are going to beat whoever wins this one in the next round. Wouldn't be surprised. Right. So, Chris, you're sitting on the fence then. Yeah, you... I, I can't decide. I, I don't, I, right, I don't we'll let you predict a draw, an overall draw after penalties. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you right. know what to say, penalties are a lottery, you don't predict a lottery. <laughs> See, I, I'm thinking I'm going to side with St Mirren because I think that they're going to be hurting after the weekend. A lot of people are going to be looking at them thinking, well, you should be dispatching a team that are down to, down to 10 men. So... I, I'm going to go for St Mirren and I'm going to go for 90 minutes. The, the the other game on Tuesday evening is Kilmarnock against Dundee and I'm going to go for an away victory in this. Dundee, do, do we need to choose penalties extra time? 90 minutes? No. No, right, I'm just going to go for Dundee then. See, these I are think really... Dundee blew their chance, to be honest. I was about to oh. say the exact same thing. Eh? Yeah. I think Kamala are going to get us. Yeah, I would. I would go Kelly as well. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be a huge. Maybe one nil Kelly. I, I watched the first game. I quite enjoyed the first game actually. That was a decent match. Um, but I think maybe like Chris says, Dundee have blown the opportunity. So I think Kelly will maybe just sneak it one nil. One nil. And then on the, the Wednesday evening, it's Dunfermline against Inverness. I think Inverness are going to stroll this one. Dunfermline, uh, I don't think they've won at all at home this season. So that's going to continue. The season ticket holders are going to continue with a, a depression. So I'm going to go Inverness, easy win. Yeah, as I said with Dundee, I think they'd won their chance. I think the Vermont boy their chance as well. I've led this game up until the 93rd minute or something along those lines when they made a complete howl on it. I don't see Dunfermline surviving this. I think it'll be Inverness and then we'll get bored to death with them <laughs> talking about Inverness and Celtic in the cup again. <laughs> Aye. Um, hopefully, I could do with extra time. Maybe Inverness wear themselves out for the weekend's game, but yeah, I I don't think it will though. I fancy Inverness um, two 0 Inverness go through and then put Celtic out. Go ballistic again. <laughs> <laughs> the headline will be dusted off. I was hearing that uh, John Barnes is going to the is it the Indian Premier League? Uh, good luck to India then. 
<laughs> I, can't remember, I can't remember what team it was. He went to, but I was reading it in the paper that he's, he's going to be making a return. Well, they'll be able the to. Last I heard, they had a dismal spell at Tranmere. <laughs> well, they'll be able to translate him because he speaks really quickly, and they'll be like, <laughs> they've got to translate him and be saying, well, we know we've, we've, this week we've been quite good, but I don't know. It was it was a really difficult game. I don't I don't know if they'll be able to translate John Barnes over there. As long as he doesn't rap. Uh, be all right. Actually, to be fair, that is one thing he is good at. I was going to say that was better. Uh, rapping. I can understand what he was saying when he was rapping. Great player, decent rapper, terrible manager. <laughs> right, well, I thought we'd go and look at the, the SPL games that are coming up this weekend. And the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday is St Mirren against Celtic. And I'm going to go for the, the easy option and I'm going to go for a Celtic victory in this because, well, the run continues. And St Mirren, although I think they are going to win during the week, uh, they've not got enough for Celtic. So I'm going to go for 3-0 to Celtic. Oof, that's quite uh, ambitious, I think. Uh, uh, I, I think I Celtic think... Are, are on a, a decent run. They're, they're getting goals from all over, to be honest. I think Hooper and Stokes are are looking good. Samaras as well looked looked pretty good in the, the highlights there. I'm sure Forrest will be back after his, was it flu he had? Something like that, yeah. yeah some I'm, sort sure, of virus. I'm sure he'll be back. So aye, I'm confident. See, I'm not that confident. I don't, I, we're, we're, we've managed to win the occasional game by a few goals. I suppose one of the few in this run like, it was against St Murren. It was a 5-0 game, but I think it's going to be another tight one, even though St Murren's defence is Terrible at Tynecastle at the weekend there, and St Martin, of course, will be knackered after an epic penalty shootout in midweek. <laughs> but I still think it's going to be a tight game. I think it might be two one. Yeah, well, the Celtic obviously <laughs> might be closer, but you know, it's St Martin. But I suppose Celtic don't have Rudy Scatchel, so maybe it will be tighter than when Hearts were playing them. I'm going to go three one Celtic. I I think both teams will will score, but. I can't see Celtic not beating them, to be honest. Right, so 3-1 Celtic. The, the next game up is Dundee United against Motherwell. And previously, maybe with this is Motherwell were lucky. And they're, they're lucky, was it Gray? Or, or was Greg calling it a silver top? Mingan. I, right. I can't remember. He did try and horrible. big it up horrible. a bit. Rubbish. <laughs> Aye, but I don't know, their the away form hasn't been so good. Uh, lately, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a home win in this one, and I'm going to go for one 0 to Dundee United. I still think Motherwell quite strong on the road. I don't see there being many in it. I'm going to go one one, pretty safe and boring. But uh, Motherwell haven't. They've still not been bad on the road. I mean, you lost at Tynecastle, but you know that's 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 just. By and by, isn't it? I mean, that's most, very few teams. Oh, all gone. the good teams lose at Tynecastle. <laughs> all the, all the, I know, I know why you're saying that. <laughs> you always lose at Tynecastle. I'd rather play Celtic than a lot of teams, but yeah, one one, one apiece. <clears throat> yeah, I've got to agree. I think it's going to be one each as well. I think there'll be goals, but I don't think it's going to be a winner. I think Motherwell's form in the road is better than at home, but yep. I don't see them winning this game. And they're not. The recent form overall hasn't been too great. This might be the game that picks it up, but I don't see it. No. So the, the next game up is Hibs against St. Johnson. And I'm going to go for an away victory. I was, I was very impressed with St. Johnson at, at times during the, the Rangers game. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a, a St. Johnson victory. I'm going to go 2-0. <sighs> yeah. I'm going to go with Hibs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a surprise. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, no, no, actually, maybe 2-2. Two, two, make it 2-2. Two, two. I, I think they'll have a bit of confidence after that win. And, you know, I don't think they were great by any stretch of the imagination, but they did the job. And, you know, they've, they've got to have to start winning Easter Road at some point. Yeah, I'm predicting a draw, so that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, they will at some point, but just not this game. Right, 2-2, two, two, there you go. A goal fest, so it's bound to be nil-nil now. I'm going to have to go back St. Johnson's away for him, I think. I think well, it was good to see that um, Kelly and Sheridan came on in the last few minutes against Rangers. It's good to see him back. So maybe he'll partner up with Sandaza again, and we'll, we'll see the St. Johnson we seen a few months ago. And... 
they'll see out a two-one victory probably. If, if Sandaza, I still think Hibs Well, yeah, that's the point. I mean, he... I, I don't see Sandaza moving in this week. Maybe uh, next week. This week. Is there an offer? Is there not an offer? Does... Nobody knows. Oh, no, no, no. Seem to change that story every <laughs> half an hour. There's no, no. I don't think anyone knows anything that's going on. It's just. Well, suppose I'm, I'm sure McCoy said there was an offer. Lomas mentioned there was an offer, and Sandaza mentioned there was an offer, and then the agent comes out and says, "No, nah, there was no offer." No, but the, the agent said oh. that the agent also said there had there had been. Then they interviewed Sandaza. He was like, "No, no one asked me. No one asked me anything. No one's." <laughs> so oh. that was a bad accent, I know, but I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, did you go 2-1 to St. Johnson, Chris? 2-1 to St. Johnson, yeah. I think, uh, despite Hibs winning it at Dunfermline, everybody wins at Dunfermline, they're still rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> right, the next game up is Inverness against Hearts. I'm going to have to go for Hearts in this one. Laurie, I'm going to have to side, side with your team, and I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory. Ooh, I don't know. We're still not great on the road. I mean, we won Easter Road, but then again, it's against Hibs, so we, we, we know we we always beat them. Uh, oh, I don't know. I I take a draw quite happily in this game. I, I I rate Inverness, and we don't travel well. It's the horse again. It's the horse. Uh, <laughs> but but oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna go nil nil. There we go. Put it at that. <laughs> Paul Band. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I said earlier there was two things I was impressed by what Sergio uh, said in the sports scene last night. The first one was about Ian Black. The second one was his great quote of "It's a pitch, one ball, two teams, <laughs> yes. and a referee." <laughs> I thought that was yeah. a standout for last night. That's, that's his team talk, right? Yep. And he's right. I mean, there's no reason Hearts sh- shouldn't be able to go to Inverness and play the same way they did with eleven men like they did against ten with St. Martin. Uh, I think Inverness have already beaten the team in third last week, but I don't see them doing it again. I think Hearts are going to continue their, their fine away form of 2012 and get a 2-1 win. See, I, I can't back against Simpson. I can't see your back Hearts. I what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so next game up is Kilmarnock against Dunfermline. I think it's going to be an easy home win here. Dunfermline, they're leaking goals left, right and centre. Kamana can't exactly score in a lot of goals, but I think Kelly will come out of this on top. I'm going to go 2 0 to Kelly. Aye. Yeah, me as well. I don't see anything else. Aye, same. I was going to say, make it three. I don't really need to add anything. Don't form a rubbish. Kelly probably won't score an awful lot, but they'll definitely score enough to win the game. And that's still firm with four points behind Hibs now, thanks to that defeat. And they're going to need a change a lot quicker. They're going to start coming adrift, I think. Yeah. Even if Hibs keep getting beat anyway. <laughs> I think I might be their one saving grace. So next game up is Rangers against Aberdeen. And we all know about Aberdeen's woeful record at Ibrox. So I'm going to go for a, a comfortable victory for Rangers. I'm going to go 4-1. 4-1. I don't see it being a 4-1 game, I'll be honest. I don't see either... Aberdeen are solid. I mean, they're not. they're not... <clears throat> any great shakes but they're solid I don't think they'll concede a lot um, I'm inclined to go 2-0 but I think that was, was that, that was a score earlier in the season wasn't it they not, was it 2-0 Ibrox I can't remember I seem to remember being 2-0 and I don't like going to the same score again I know that makes no sense at all <sighs> I don't know I don't know uh, it was 2-0 at Ibrox and then uh, Rangers won 2-1 um, uh, yeah and Aberdeen See, two 0 looks the the obvious score, but I fancy Aberdeen to make a to make it quite tricky. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one. The same score that ended at Petardry. Two one Rangers. Nah, given that Aberdeen haven't won since September 1991, it's just that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, to put that in perspective, the first time I went to Celtic Park was December 1991. So every single Celtic game I've ever been to has been between Aberdeen's last win. <laughs> So that's a bit embarrassing for them. I think it's not a, a great start, and I don't see them changing it this time either. I think it's going to be the, the obvious 2 0. 2 0. And there's a rearranged game on Tuesday, the, the 24th. I thought we'd predict that one as well, just in case we, we don't get the, the pod, podcast out next week. 
and it's between Motherwell and Dunfermline. And my previous prediction for this was 3-1. So I'm going to slightly tweak that and make it 3-0 to Motherwell. Oh, my previous prediction is there and it was 3-0. Um, <laughs> I'm going to slightly tweak it. Ugh, I don't know. You know, Motherwell, they've been so poor at home and whilst Dunfermline are about as useful as a, I don't know, an ashtray on a motorbike, they're, um, they're still... <laughs> As a chocolate fire guard, you say, oh, I don't know. I'm sure I'll think of some more. Can't keep hens out of midden. <laughs> I, uh... Or kids out of close. <laughs> right, enough. I'm going to make a prediction. Uh... <laughs> I think Motherwell to go 1 0. I, I don't think they'll be quite as. I think when we predicted previously, they were on a quite impressive run. I think it'll be a bit closer now. 1 0, Motherwell. You know they're playing Dunfermline. <laughs> yes, that's who we were just mocking. <laughs> right, so you're right, okay. One nil, right. <laughs> I know Mother will haven't won at home. It's what's it, September, I think we said. Yeah. Mother will haven't won at home since. I mean, that's a long time, but I think that's a bit of game that gets sorted. I mean, I can understand where you're coming from with one nil because it's that kind of result that gets you out your your wee rut, and then you kick on for the rest of the season. So I think one nil might be a good bet. So that's what you're going for as well, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I think I've seen Dunfermline away from home and they seem to defend quite resolutely, but it always seems to just not quite work out for them. So I think 1 0 is probably going to be the scoreline. <laughs> they look to defend resolutely, but it just never quite works. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving on, we were discussing, uh, Laurie and I were discussing uh, the Paul Band charity bet, and we, we lost again last week, so it was another £5. Lost, and Laurie suggested uh, tweaking the the Paul Band bet and maybe moving away from a a nil nil bet to to maybe selecting the the result of maybe three or four games in the weekend, not the exact scoreline, but uh, one lose or draw. Yeah, yeah. So looking at the the predictions that we've just given there, uh, Celtic, we all predicted that, that they would win, so. Do you agree we'll, we'll add them into the, the accumulator? Definitely. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the obvious ones to start with. Yep. The uh, Celtic Kilmarnock. Yep. Yep. And we, we went for Rangers as well. Yep. yep. Do, you, do you want to add in a, a fourth team? Um, or are you happy with the, the oh, three there? What's the odds? I mean, because it might not be worthwhile, because those three are fairly obvious. I can't imagine. Or have you not got it open? Do you want me to check? I don't have it open. Let me just, but, yeah. let me just check if we've got it. Rangers. I think with Celtic and Rangers in there, you're probably best putting a fourth one. Yeah. Let me yeah. just tell you, right, Celtic Rangers, it's William Hill you use, isn't it? Or is it Labricks? Labricks, yeah. Ah, that's fine. Uh, we're roughly the same. You both, let me just tell you what we're you getting both for, went for a. You both went for a 1-1 draw in the Dundee United against Motherwell game. So we could throw that in as a draw. Yeah, it's it's not worth the three. Like, it'll probably roughly the same William Hill when I'm getting it. <laughs> you're just going to slightly more... Then double your money with those three. So yeah, I think we definitely need. What well, what did you suggest there? The draw with Dun United and Mother Motherwell. Yeah. If you add that in, you're then looking up to about eight to one. About the same we got for. <laughs> no, no, sorry, no, wait, wait, wait. Shut up! <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> What's she saying? Put hearts in there. No. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting about eight to one if you add the draw with Dun United Motherwell. But are you, are you, did we all say draw, or did? No, I went for a Dundee United victory. And then you got Saints, you both went St Johnston, I didn't, but if you went St Johnston, you're bringing it to, it's down to sixes about there actually, so you'd be better with that draw. If you added Hearts, if you wanted Hearts as the fourth one, uh, sixes again. So, hey, well, right, a... Uh, the draw with Dundee United Motherwell is eleven to five, so that's the longer. Right, we'll go for that then. So if you went with, so go with those four because that's about the same that we get for the nil nils. It's about yeah. eights so you'll probably get. So uh, Celtic to win, Kilmarnock to win, Rangers to win, and Dundee United versus Motherwell to draw. Now be five pound on that, and you said the odds were around about eight to one. That's William Hill I'm looking at. This is the one I had open, but yeah. they'll be. I can't, I'm sure they'll be roughly the pretty same. Pretty much the same. Aye. Right, so hopefully. The new and improved Paul Band charity bet returns 
some money for charity. I'm always worried when there's a draw in there, because obviously by definition that you're saying the match is going to be a draw, it's going to be close. So I wouldn't say it's assured, but I just think at odds eight to one to predicting the right score. I think our, our recent record has shown that it's not as easy as maybe we thought. <laughs> so maybe this yeah. opens it up a bit more. I will see how we go on this week. And we'll, we'll maybe get Paul involved again next week to, to make some predictions. Maybe get him to pick a couple of matches and then we can we can pick a couple and see how it goes. Indeed, indeed. So that, that brings us to the, the end of the podcast then. But before we go, I thought I'd give us a wee bit of a plug for the, our Twitter accounts. Uh, you can follow Laurie, as Mr. Scatchel <laughs> is doing, at Laurie Dunsire. I have to watch what I say now. It's even unplugged the podcast tomorrow when it's edited. I can't, I've got to be... Podcast 27. Laurie loves Rudy Scatchel. He'll be unfollowing me in an instant. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow me, which I'm under S Football Forums. You can follow Chris. He is Chris1888 with a K and a Y. <laughs> <laughs> Got it last weekend. Yep. yep. Uh, you can also follow an automated Twitter account that I set up, which simply <laughs> tweets every topic on the forum, and that's SFF Topics. There's no banner there. Not that there's much banter on S Football forums, but feel free <laughs> to follow anyway. Uh, you can also register on the forum using your, your Twitter account if you just visit forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk or you can also register using your Facebook login or just using an email address and password. So that's my plug-in over. So th- thanks for coming on again, Laurie. Thanks for being regular co-host. It's no worries. Someone has to do it. And th- thanks again for coming on, Chris. Yeah, no problem. Somebody's got to follow him and Greg's in his sick. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he's, he's always got a sick note phase, man. <laughs> well, they were lost again. We just excuse Greg from podcasting. He has a sore bum. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard how much morning he did last week. <laughs> ah, he was talking about jacking it in, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, I've, I've not had any... I don't complaints. think we'll have many people uh, listening for our bros this week, unfortunately. Aye, there's there's been no complaints. I think they've been that disgusted that they've just <laughs> they've just blocked me. <laughs> right, but thanks again, guys. Cheers. No worries. Cheers. Right, bye. See you next time. Bye.